Yeah, a little Cheryl Crow from 1996. That might have been like her first uh, like big hit. I, I haven't bothered looking into it. I've been looking into more important things. No offense, Cheryl Crow, but it is Leap Day. Woohoo! Happy Leap Day to you. My name is Jimmy Seleski here on a Thursday Blurs Day. It is February 29th. That's right, folks. This day only comes once every four years. Um, so for anybody who's good at math out there, you guessed it. The last time we had a February 29th was February 29th, 2020. Everyone's favorite year. Favorite year. Who didn't love 2020? I saw a meme uh, when I was doing my obligatory Twitter searching today, my loitering on Twitter, which is fun because now that I do this show, um, I can write off my time wasted on Twitter as a a business expense, a business expense of time. Um, so while I was working, I, uh, I ran across a meme that had a picture of the dude from Gangnam Style and Macklemore from the thrift shop video with the big fur coat and it said 2012 or I believe I believe we still said the thousand I think in 2012 we said 2012 I don't think we started saying 20 until like 2016 um 2012 was the corniest year to which I thought how how rude how disrespectful to the year 2012 2020 we canceled everything. Aunt Jemima, Uncle Ben. We had a football team in the NFL called the football team. Pathetic. We had people wearing masks in commercials. We had people... Going to restaurants, walking in the door with masks, sitting at the table, taking it off, standing back up, putting a mask back on. How corny can you get? Our favorite show was Tiger King? What a corny-ass year. 2020 was maybe an all-time low of a year. In American history. I can't believe it. And it all kicked off right after Leap Day. The first couple months of 2020 were fine, as I recall. Everybody was cool. Everybody was chilling. Everybody was looking forward to the new decade. And then, boom! COVID, or as we called it back then, coronavirus. That was another thing. We, we, we called it coronavirus until like six months in. And then there was this gradual transition. I used to compare people who called coronavirus COVID to people that call weed cannabis. Like it was like that type of person, like just annoying. She's like, yeah, man, I deal with cannabis. and Shut up. Yeah, I have COVID. That's really how it used to be. Everyone said Corona. There was all kinds of jokes. People would be drinking Coronas. Goodbye, Rosie, Queen of Corona. Not enough people made that joke. But that was what we called it, coronavirus. And then people just started calling it COVID. Um, I know why. I don't need all you epidemiologists in here. Well, actually, um, COVID is the name of the sickness that you get from coronavirus SARS-CoV-2. I know. I'm just talking about the general colloquial term that we all referred to the virus. Okay? So relax. Anyway, what a leap that was. Everything shut down in March. Um, I remember it was like, it was the week end of St. Patrick's Day. It was like two days before St. Patrick's Day. I was supposed to play at the Loonies in Canton on St. Patrick's Day, I believe it was a Sunday or a um, Saturday. And I was like looking forward to it because I almost never play in Canton. Um, and Looney's 
was a cool spot. It's now closed down in Canton. There's still several locations, but that was a cool spot. It's an Irish bar, kind of. I was supposed to play with John, and then boom, everything was canceled. And I was, I kind of saw it coming, um, but it was still a, a big blow. And that was, you know, like I said, just a couple weeks after Leap Day. So maybe now we're leaping back. Maybe maybe we leapt into like this dystopian hellscape for the past four years, last Leap Day, and now we're leaping out. I got to be honest, I'm feeling in the Leap Day spirit. This is another holiday. Um, well, it's not really a holiday. It's just a day. It's just, uh, you know, I don't think people celebrate it. There's much like President's Day, but this I, I like more than President's Day. I am kind of uh, regretful that we don't have any like fun traditions for this day. It only happens once every four years. How hard could it be to think of something? I mean, seriously, we have four years to think of something and we just do nothing. Once again, a waste of a holiday. Um, I, I did some reading. Apparently there are some traditions. Apparently there was this book that was then made into a movie that said that, uh, uh, apparently on leap day, once every four years on February 29th, women can propose to men, but they must be wearing a red petticoat to do so. I also looked into what a petticoat is. It's that like big fluffy underskirt thing in those under, under your Victorian dress. So I don't know if people still wear petticoats. I believe they're called slips now. Um, so that's a thing. Apparently they, they thought that, that whales only reproduce on leap years. So some people call it whales day or something, a whales year. Um, these are all retarded traditions. <laughs> Why not something cool? Why not something that, that affects everybody? You know what I did today? I... Put in my 30 days notice at my apartment. I'm on month to month. Um, it is the last day of the month. I have no living arrangements set up for a month from now. But I don't care. I walked downstairs and I said, this is my last month, March. I will be vacating on March 31st. Um, that's a leap. A leap of faith. And and I'm not even being, I'm not even trying to be like funny or anything right now. I legitimately was sitting in my apartment last night. I have kind of been procrastinating on the whole finding a place thing because I'm not going to lie, just the act of getting into the rhythm of doing this every day, every Monday through Friday, going to the gym five days a week, waking up early setting myself in this type of rhythm, a major life shift, I would say, since the beginning of this year. And I, I actually, when I was uh, peeing behind the garage pre-show, the pre-show piss, uh, it occurred to me that um, they say it takes three weeks to, to get yourself into a habit or to break a habit, I think, um, which sounds about right. Um, I think the first thing you notice is if you wake up at a certain time of day, even for like two days in a row for me, I'll wake up the next day like around that time. Now, it it only lasts as long as you did it though. So like the next day, if I also wake up late, I'm completely back into that rhythm again. But I was thinking about when I first started doing these kind of solo things, I would legitimately get nervous. Even when I wasn't even recording at the studio, even when I was just sitting down at my computer at my apartment, uh, just recording on my phone, never planning to release it to anyone, but just kind of practicing, getting in the rhythm. I would sit down and plan a show and then just go for an hour sitting on my chair. And I would record it on my phone, listen to it back, but those are never meant to be released. Maybe I will. I don't know. There's no video or anything, but I would still get nervous because it was just something I wasn't used to doing. When I, when I did the first thing, the first time ever I did something like this was the Halloween power hour. And I was really, really nervous for that because that was, that was really the first time I ever even attempted it. And I 
did a couple takes, started off really like shaky and like couldn't get into a rhythm, had to restart, blah, 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 blah. Wasn't even sure I could do it after a while. Thankfully, eight beers uh, helped. <laughs> but I mean, now it's even just the, the breaking out of your comfort zone and seeing where it takes you. I would, like I said, I was peeing behind the garage and I thought, well, I'm not nervous to do this anymore. This is this has become a normal part of my day. And that really says something about the human psyche, I think, to me. And uh, as I was sitting in my apartment last night, frantically searching for things like places to stay, because like I said, I've put so much time and effort into get into making these life changes that I really haven't put any emphasis at all on finding a place. I mean, I am on month to month at my apartment. I'm paying an exorbitant amount of money per month for this apartment because not only am I paying for a two bedroom that I don't need since my brother moved out, there's just an empty bedroom at my place that I never use, but I'm also paying now an extra $250 a month for the month to month fee. So my, my rental costs, uh, including utilities and, uh, um, communications like Wi-Fi and everything is is hovering around 2500 a month which is insane just rent alone is is over 2000 plus I also pay rent for this studio um so it's I, I'm basically at a point now where it's like a race against the clock it's like okay I'm paying a bunch of money to live here unnecessarily um but at the same time, I, I haven't I haven't located anything at, uh, as an alternative. Um, but this morning I woke up and I, I, I swear I was going back and forth because I knew today had to be the day. If I was going to give them a, give them my 30 days notice, it had to be today because I actually went down to the office a couple weeks ago and asked them like, what's the policy for month to month? How many days notice do I have to give you that I'm moving out? And they said 30 days. And I went, oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. A month for month to month. Okay, cool. Um, so I, and they, I was like, so is it 30 days from when I say it? Or it's like, no, it's like um, you pay for the whole month if once you start the month. So if I were to give them the way I understand it, if I were to give them my 30 days notice, let's say tomorrow, which is the first day of March. Uh, I wouldn't be able out to vacate until the end of April because I have to pay for the month plus 30. I don't know, but that's the way that I've been interpreting it, which is that if I want to be out of here at the end of March, I got to tell them before March starts. And so I knew today was going to be the day if I was going to do it and I was debating back and forth and two things crossed my mind. The first thing is, dude, you have to light a fire under your ass in order for you to do this. You are not going to make a move unless you put a deadline on yourself. Now, I had all kinds of excuses um, as to why it's not the worst thing in the world to just kind of hang around here. Um, and those were primarily like, oh, dude, you know, it sucks when like you have a set deadline and you just have to take whatever's available versus like now I could be on month to month and just kind of look around and not have to move until something, the ideal situation comes across my desk. And it's like, yeah, that's great. But um, not if you're only going to be looking at apartments twice a week for 30 minutes at a time, uh, you're not going to find those places. You're just going to, you just have that as an excuse to keep st staying where you're at. Um, so I realized like, I'm only going to find another place if, uh, if I make myself have to, if I'm otherwise homeless on April 1st, April fool's day. Um, the other thing, bringing us back to the topic at hand, I was thinking about leap day and I thought about, Wow. That's pretty cool. I'm just going to take this leap of faith. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to I'm just going to say to myself, I'm out of here on March 31st and that's it. I'm out of here at the end of the month. 
and I don't care what plans I have in place. I don't, it doesn't, it, it can't matter. Um, so I celebrated leap day by taking a leap of faith and I can't recommend enough that you do the same. It comes around once every four years and we, I just told you all the other stupid shit that people apparently associate with leap day that nobody actually does. It's just like old folklore and shit. This is a real actual thing that you can do in recognition of this perhaps the most unique holiday of all the most rare holiday of all the only holiday that doesn't happen every year um you can celebrate it by just taking a leap of faith just knowing what you have to do and just saying fuck it do it I think that's pretty sweet. I think that's a pretty cool idea for this day. Um, and I hope it catches. It probably won't. But I hope it does. I mean, what the hell's wrong with that? Um, and I want to get into some stuff, but I, you know, I, I don't want to talk about me, 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 me. But I'm trying to... I think this is a conversation that can apply to everyone. You know, I'm of course talking about my situation because I'm me and that's the that's the situation I'm most familiar with, believe it or not. I'm like an expert on me. World renowned. Maybe the the number 1 expert on me in the world. Perhaps. Maybe some ex-girlfriends would would debate that. So, if I'm going to talk about things in general, it's going to come from the lens of me, and I know our situations are different, but just kind of continuing down this path of, of taking a leap, it really occurred to me today as I was thinking more and more about it that so many of the rules that you place on yourself, so many of the limitations you place on yourself are genuinely in your head. Not to be a complete uh, uh, loser and, and quote, Jason Mraz in, in this profound conversation, but in the song I'm Yours, which is even better, uh, open up your plans and damn you're free. A good line. It's true. Open up your plans and damn you're free. You realize that all the things that you've kind of ruled out just kind of accepted as not an option is entirely in your head. Entirely. Sometimes it takes being broken from a situation to realize that. For me, it did. When, when my most recent relationship ended, uh, the beginning of this year, um, actually literally like new year's day after or whatever um i basically as tends to be the case had my world flip turn upside down and i'm about to tell a story of but really all these kind of ideas you had in your mind of what where you were going to be where you're going to be living what your life was going to be like what were you going to be doing they all just get erased in, in a matter of moments. And it actually takes a while. It's like this weird adjustment period. It takes a while for your mind to process this massive shift to remove this major element of your life and everything that came along with it. Your mind literally can't process it. That's kind of what denial is, as I've spoken about before. Denial is not, no, my... My girlfriend didn't break up with me. What are you talking about? That's not what denial is. My mom's not dead. That's not what denial is. Denial is the involuntary, uh, slow processing speed of your brain to actually incorporate a major change into its programming. Let me try explaining that again, this time sensibly. 
your brain pretty much operates on a sort of autopilot. This is why um, we talk about a, a child's sense of wonder. The reason for that is when you're a kid, everything's new to you. I've told this story before about when I was playing at Walker's down in Howard County, and their sign says Walker's, obviously, and this four-year-old, five-year-old, maybe six-year-old kid, old enough to read or old enough to know what letters are, so whatever age that is, is out in the parking lot. He looks up at the sign. He says, wow, that's a big W, you know, talking about the W and Walker's on the sign, and I thought to myself, What a, what a state of mind to be in when something as mundane that we would see as mundane, we wouldn't even notice it. I didn't even notice the sign, much less the size of the W. It was a regular size W, but even that word, regular. There's not really anything regular to a small child because they don't know what regular is yet. They're experiencing regular. They have to experience things to to have to, you know, form for themselves their idea of what is normal. So until then, there's really no such thing as normal. Everything is new. Everything is out of the ordinary. There's really no such thing as ordinary. And so your brain is constantly in this mode of awareness. As you get older and you've seen more and more things, your brain starts to do what is natural and how we operate as human beings, which is not a bad thing, but your brain starts to, after it has seen enough of the world and noticed enough patterns, it is able to reduce its processing um, output by simply going through life and, and not having to waste time noticing this thing and noticing that thing, noticing that thing. Your brain only checks into an aware mode, an alert mode, when something out of the ordinary happens, when something that you don't see every day happens. Other than that, you're just kind of existing. Your brain's like, okay, yeah, there's cars. Okay, there's a red light. Okay, there's a person walking down the street. Okay, this show's on TV. All right, uh, you know, that's, and you've seen it all after you've lived the same life day in and day out for a long enough time. And so, so much of your daily thought processes are not conscious. So much of the little things that pop into your brain are not voluntary. It's like breathing. You can think about breathing and make yourself breathe, but 99% of the time, You're just breathing. 99.99999% of the time, you're just breathing. That's what meditation is. Meditation focuses on breathing primarily, I would imagine, because it's one of the few um, bodily processes that is both unconscious and conscious. It can be either. And so the practice of meditation is to consciously watch your body unconsciously breathing not making yourself breathe, but focusing on your body naturally breathing. It's this kind of unification of the conscious and the subconscious, the unconscious. But that's your thoughts as well. As you're, as you're sitting there meditating, you're, you're zooming out and watching your body simply exist. You notice that with your breathing, but you also notice it with your thoughts. You notice how these thoughts just pop in and out and now you can observe them like you're in developer mode on a computer and you just see, oh, look at this thing. What the fuck's that over there? Whereas normally you just are guided by your thoughts and and you, you almost interpret your thoughts as you. You don't realize that your thoughts are kind of a an obstruction to your true valid self. You start to perceive your thoughts as yourself, but that's not the case. But anyway, as I was saying about the whole concept of denial is your brain 
forgets when a major death happens or a major loss or anything like, you know, uh, you know, I, I would still get like, um, you know how they say like when you, when you people that are always on their phone and stuff, when they don't have their phone, they'll still get like phantom buzzes in their pocket or whatever, just kind of like thinking that somebody's texting them when they don't even have their phone on them or like they'll pull out their phone. There's no notification, but they, they swear they felt a buzz. I would get those kind of phantom urges to text my girlfriend like, oh shit, I haven't texted her all day. I got to text because my brain has been so used to doing that for the past three years, being in this state of feeling like it's been, it's been too long, Jim, you got to check in, blah, blah, blah. And then I have to tell myself, wait, no, I don't. What am I talking about? My life is different now. And it actually takes your brain a while to catch up. It takes your unconscious, your subconscious, a certain amount of time to catch up to reality. And that's the process of denial. It's not a conscious denial. It's almost a subconscious inability to process, I think is the more accurate um, description of denial. But in much the same way, all these kind of ideas and thoughts that have just been incorporated into your brain and running on autopilot, these programs, these thoughts become programs, basically. They start to guide the way you do and see everything. But once those programs are removed, as they were for me, you're suddenly met with this realization that holy shit, I, there's really no rule. I can do whatever I want. There's no rule that says I have to get a townhouse or an apartment in April. There's no rules. There's no rule that says I have to live in Baltimore. Who says? All these things that I've just, that's just what's normal, right? This is what you do. And I see myself looking for townhomes downtown or whatever, and I'm not really like feeling like, uh, pulled towards it. I just feel like it's just, just what I have to do. I just have to do this, right? This is what people do. You live in an apartment, you have a house, you pay some motherfucker rent, and that's what you do. And then I thought, I'm paying close to $2,500 a month between rent, utilities, and internet, you know, cable, all that shit. That's $83 a day for an average month. If my month-to-month lease ends in April, that means starting in April, I have $2,500 a month to blow through and I would be breaking even What can you do with $2,500 a month? $80 a day. You could do a lot. I mean, I could live somewhere in New York for $2,500 a month, $2,000 a month. I could live in LA. I could live downtown Baltimore. I could live wherever the fuck I want. I could live all those places. I could buy a plane ticket out to Los Angeles for $300, stay with my friend Scott for a week. $80 a day, that's that's almost $450 a week. Shit. I buy, I buy a round trip ticket to LA, chill with my friend for a week, I've saved $150. Bucks. I could drive up to New York. Get a hotel for four nights. 
$100 a night, whatever, maybe not the best hotel, whatever. I'm sure you could find something for $100 a night. Drive back for my gigs on the weekend, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, stay sleep in the studio. Who gives a fuck? That's $400 a week for those four nights in New York, free at the studio. $400 a week. That's what I'm paying to live in Towson. I'm not saying I'm going to do all these things. I probably will. I don't see why not. But that's the point. It's just the realization that you can do these things. That in the context of me, 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 this is how it manifests itself. This realization of complete and total freedom to do anything I want, not bound by the expectations of my friends, my family, a significant other, a job that I have to attend five days. I don't have any of those obligations. I can play music and I can do this anywhere on the fucking planet. Now, I'd like to stay here in Baltimore as a permanent place of living. But in the meantime, it's just, again, the realization that all of these things are possibilities. And it's only ever been your mind, your internal programming that you have learned over the years from your experiences and the people around you and your upbringing. It's only those things that are telling you that they're not possibilities. And it really is that simple. I thought about getting commercial real estate downtown, building the studio there, like a fucking suite in an office building or something like that, warehouse type of thing, and living there. Why not? I don't have a fucking girlfriend that needs a nice bathroom and all that. I would be fine with it. I could live at this fucking studio if it had a sink and running water and a, and a bathroom. I wouldn't give a shit. I'm a 31-year-old single man. And that's really all I need. I don't need space. I just need freedom to do what the hell I want to do. And I don't care how big, how big that room is that gives me that freedom. But I found myself thinking, well, you know, what, do you, what, if, what if the, you know, you know, you're not going to have like a stove and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you know, you think about all that stuff. But I, I noticed that a significant portion of my thoughts into, you know, downplaying this idea I had to kind of build a studio somewhere where I could actually do the things I need to do and just live there, why not? a significant portion of the cons category all had to do with what other people would think about it. All had to do with me imagining telling my parents about this decision, which I think in the case of the, you know, buying a, a, a warehouse slash, you know, commercial real estate type of situation and converting that to a studio, I could see my dad at least actually being into that. Not necessarily, definitely not just living in a house downtown. That would not be something you'd be into at all. But maybe the commercial real estate thing, having an actual place like that, totally. Telling my friends, you know, meeting someone out in the dating world or whatever and telling them that's my living situation. What would they think? And these thoughts aren't necessarily wrong, but they are something to be aware of. Because when you find yourself wanting something, and the only reasons you can think up as to why not pursue it are things that have to do with other people's opinions about it, 
Um, that's just something to be aware of. I don't want to say just do it. I mean, there's plenty of things that maybe you want to do that would just be outright horrible things to do and people would not want you to do them. That, so I'm not going to sit here and be like, fuck what people say, no matter what you want to do, do it. If you want to blow up a movie theater, do it. You know, so you can't, you can't go all the way in that direction. I'm just saying in terms of you and your life, and I guess if you, if you confined it to things that have no effect on anybody but yourself, like your living situation, your career choice, and things like that, yeah, in that regard, fuck it. Fuck what people think, fuck what people say. You know, and the other thing, since we're talking about Leap Day, is in order to become something, you first have to be it. That's the first step. I don't know if I've talked about this before. I don't know if maybe it was on a lost episode. I don't know if this is something I put out. I don't know. But it's it's something that, you know, if I wind up repeating once a month, you're welcome. Because it's maybe the most important thing to truly grasp in life that I've found so far, which is in very much the same way that we have ideas in our head of who we're supposed to be today, right now, who we have been in the past, those same ideas are what can hold us back in the future. The past is a memory. The future is an idea. And the only thing that's real is right now. The future is the present catching up to itself. Now, what does that mean? If you are a person who sets a goal and says, I want to get in shape, I want to lose some weight, I want to trim down. I want to have some muscle tone. The whole nine. You must first literally exist as an in-shape person. What does an in-shape person do? Well, an in-shape person watches their diet and eats healthily. They exercise And they do all the things that are necessary to be and stay in shape. So on the first day that you decide I'm going to get in shape, you begin literally being an in shape person. You're doing all the things an in shape person does. You're working out. You're eating correctly. But you don't wake up the next morning, the first day you went to the gym and, and had a fucking salad, wake up the next morning with a six pack, right? No, of course not. You wake up the next morning looking pretty much like you looked yesterday. You lived an entire day as an in shape person. You're still not in shape. Same story next day, same story next day. Week later, it might not even be a month or a month and a half until you even start noticing any difference. And at some point down the line, maybe it'll be two months, three months later, whatever, a month later, if you're lucky, whatever, you're going to look in the mirror, not even thinking about it. And out of the peripheral of your vision, not even recognize that um, periphery. Who the fuck? Oh, that's shit. That's me. Your arms fill in the sleeve. You slim down. You don't have as much of a gut. And finally, the present you has caught up to the idea 
you had three months ago, which was to be in shape. And from that day, you were in shape. It just took the future or time, your body, three months to catch up to your conscious decision. Does that make sense? The reason I use that as an example is not only because it's maybe the most palpable example when it comes to manifesting something, something that we all can relate to, something we all can understand. But I bring that up as an analogy or a metaphor for any decision in life. If you have an idea of something you'd like to, to, to attain, something you'd want to achieve or be, that could either stay an idea, a dream as people call it, And in much the same way that, that the guy who wants to get in shape wakes up every day and, and wants to be in shape. I want to be in shape. I, I, I see myself in shape. I see myself being thinner. I see myself being stronger, faster, better. But yet every day he continues doing the same thing he's been doing. Doesn't go to the gym. Doesn't watch what he's eating. But every day he has this idea of that he'd like to be in shape, but he hasn't changed anything to achieve that. And so the same way you could sit here day in and day out wanting something, wanting to be something, wanting to attain something, but continuing to do what the fuck it is you're already doing, you're no different than the guy who wants to get in shape, doesn't do any of the things it takes to get in shape, and then suspects or expects that magically three months from now, he's just going to look in the mirror and he's going to be in shape. Why? If you want something, you just have to be it now. If you want to be in shape, then you have to start being in shape now. It really is that simple. It's like the video game of life. There really is no such thing as becoming something. You just be something and it comes to you. That's like the secret. I'm not the first person to say that. It's not even the first time I've said that. But it's important to know. So, what better day to say that again? Then on leap day. Um, now look. Uh, I had some other things I wanted to get to today. But to be honest... I'm not really feeling it. We're closing in on 45 minutes. And I'd rather just have a grand old time tomorrow for the Friday show running through these news stories. None of which are particularly time sensitive or crucial. So... Let's uh let's close it out with a little uh rook looks for tonight. There are some good bets today. In celebration of Leap Day, there is a DraftKings Leap Day Bet and Get award. Um up to $10 for me. I don't know what it is for you. Let's just call it a unit though. That means you bet up to a certain amount and DraftKings, you place any bet, and DraftKings will match that as a bonus bet for you. This is not the same as a no-sweat bet where they will give you a bonus bet if you lose. This is 
win or lose, as long as you place a wager and don't cash it out, I would imagine, um, you will get a bonus bet for that amount. So, uh, it's basically free money. Um, I would recommend using that and placing a unit bet or whatever that max wager is on the Memphis at East Carolina college basketball game tonight. Um, I don't know why that game in particular is the other big game tonight. It's the only other one that's on like ESPN, ESPN2. Um, but I'm sh- I'm thinking East Carolina plus four. I'm showing them as like two or three point underdogs. Um, but I'm also showing that Memphis has a decent amount of injuries, it looks like. I don't know how significant these injuries are, but, you know, East Carolina has no injuries. Um, so I would say, shit, if the line's sitting at plus four, my model's saying East Carolina is two-point underdogs, I'll take the two-point edge. Why not? Um, and, you know, I'm getting that money back as a bonus bet, win or lose. Uh, also, we have... Thank God again, they're back with it. The clash in the court. DraftKings has a clash in the court. Tonight, the big game is Gonzaga at San Francisco, and this will be a good game. I think this is one of the first years uh, that Gonzaga is not... Is it Gonzaga? I think it's Gonzaga. I actually did look this up. It is pronounced Gonzaga. It sounds like Gazuntite. Um, This is one of the first years where they are not going to win the conference, I think. The West Coast Conference, I believe it is. St. Mary's, San Francisco uh, are all, I think, performing better than Gonzaga. But this is a big rivalry game. Um, I think it's going to be pretty close. It's going to be very competitive for sure. Um, Vegas has St. Mary's as... I believe two-point underdogs or something like that. Um, I'm not really going to mess with the spread. I'm thinking over-under for this one. I'm thinking over. Over, over. Uh, The line is currently sitting at 153.5 on DraftKings. However... Um, the consensus line is at 152.5. So I think DraftKings, if anything, is going to move towards 152.5. I'm going to sit back and wait for that. My model is showing 154.5, and that's also what the line opened at. So it has moved down. Um, So it is trending downward. There's a chance it could get to 152.5, in which case I'd say lock the over on that. Um, But I would also take 153.5. And honestly... With the 50% boost, I might even say, fuck it, let's just take the alt line 152. If DraftKings is not offering 152.5 by game time, I might even just lock the close line at 152.5, put the 50% boost on it, and that's still up uh, at least a plus 100 bet. So that's cool. A unit for a unit. That's fine with me. I'd rather do that than than give up a point if if the consensus line is showing one whole point lower than DraftKings. Um, so that might be what I say. I'd say let's let's just go for 152 and a half. See if DraftKings drops to it. If it looks like the line's starting to move the other direction, lock in the alt. Um, but those are your two picks tonight. I'm thinking East Carolina plus four versus Memphis and Gonzaga, San Francisco uh, over 152 and a half. Um, we did break even last night. Um we had two bets, first of which was, yes, uh, there will be a goal in the first 10 minutes of the St. Louis Blues-Edmonton Oilers hockey game. Uh, there was a goal. So we hit that for a plus 100. Auburn, we took plus 7.5, and, and they lost by 8. God damn it. That always happens. How many times has that happened? Vegas is good, man. We lost by a half a point. So those two canceled out for a net of $0. Um, there was also that NHL... Uh, 25% boost on MGM. 
which I did not specify who to put that on. So hopefully your pick one. I decided to throw it on the St. Louis Blues money line. Got it boosted all the way up to plus 300. That almost hit. They were winning pretty much the whole game. They wound up losing in overtime, unfortunately. So that was almost a, a three-unit three unit hit for me after breaking even on the other two games. But that, of course, does not factor into the Rook look. As far as we're concerned, um, we had a net profit of zero units last night, uh, bringing our total to 3.5, no, sorry, 3.35 units after 29 bets. I forgot to incorporate the fact that uh, we did hit on the uh, Nevada, Colorado State over the other night. I mean, I touched upon that yesterday, but um, I didn't incorporate those into the numbers. Um, and we lost the Cavs bet. So that was a 0.36 unit profiting night on um, on Tuesday night, which brought us a 3.35 units overall. Uh, zero units last night, so we're st- staying at 3.35 units after 29 bets. That brings our total yield to 11.55%, which is great. And uh, that's where we're sitting right now. So hopefully East Carolina and... and uh, Gonzaga and San Francisco pull through. I'm rooting for both of them, motherfuckers. I'm rooting for all offense tonight in the Gonzaga game. Um, outside of that, best of luck. Happy Leap Day to you. Remember, this is a day to just fucking do it, baby. It's Leap Day. You're not going to get another chance like this until 2028. And I ain't got that kind of time. So until next time, peace. Peace.